You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to a very special edition this week of the NFC East Feast. We are doing a football companion. We are watching the Eagles and the Giants. The third quarter just kicked off. We've got the Eagles up 10 to 7. They just punted the ball away. Uh, So we're going to start by recapping the first half. A little bit of an ugly first half. So while the rest of the world watches one dumpster fire, which is called the uh, presidential debate, George and I are actually watching another dumpster fire, which is the Eagles versus the Giants. How are you doing tonight, bro? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, this is late for me. It's uh, it's 10 o'clock. I'm usually in bed by 930. But you know what? I'm doing what I can for my boy, B. Willis. He might carry me a little bit tonight because, you know, your boy's lids are, are getting low. But I'm excited for the pod, and I'm going to bring as much energy as I possibly can. I got you, brother. Well, yeah, I thought it was right. Because, like, we couldn't let this game go by and record beforehand. Like, I thought, like, doing kind of a, a live play-by-play would be cool. So what we're going to do is, as the second half unfolds, we'll update you guys on the score. But we're going to start with the first half. Um, to me, the first half is summarized, but it's a few big plays. If you look at the stats, the Eagles have been dominating this game. But a few big plays happened. Uh, Carson Wentz threw an interception in the end zone to Giants cornerback James Bradbury, who's been balling out of his mind the whole year. So I'm not surprised he made that play. Right before the half ended, Jake Elliott, the Eagles kicker, missed a field goal. And also some sloppy play over on the New York side. Uh, Deion Lewis fumbled as well as Daniel Jones threw an interception to Jalen Mills. So that's what gives us the 10 to 7 score. Um, how are you feeling after watching the uh, first uh, 15 minutes of this game? Um, you know, it's another dumpster fire for the NFC. East. <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, Danny Dimes, I don't know how many dimes he throws, man. And, and it's just the, the fact that he got that nickname. When did he get that nickname in New York? Like, <sighs> I don't know, man. Probably remember last year he had a really impressive comeback victory against the Buccaneers at Ray J. Yeah, that's really the only. I I don't think he had it when he was at Duke. Um, but yeah, the nickname is not fitting. He did throw one nice dime tonight. Um, the one time the Giants did get on the scoreboard, uh, he threw a dart to Golden Tate, who took it into the end zone for his first touchdown of the year. That was um, a so- Golden Tate move, though. I mean, there was a lot of athletic athleticism there from Golden. And actually, I did see a stat from the Giants, which was. A little, you know, pretty impressive that they kept within eight points in the last five games, I believe. Huh. They don't so. get blown out, man. Their defense is actually pretty good. I would compare them. They are, they are the opposite of the Cowboys. They actually have a really good defense, but because their offense is so bad and inept, um, it kind of makes them a below average team. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I think what we should do uh, right now is the third quarter. We got 12 minutes left and Carson Wentz has the ball. But let's talk about um, these two teams last week. Let's start with Philly, who had what I would call a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde game against Baltimore. If you watch the first half of that game, I saw nothing but missed field goals, um, failed fourth down conversions, and drop passes from Philly. It was ugly, man. I thought the Ravens were about to boat race them. But, man, Carson Wentz, that kid has heart. I've seen it tonight. 
He ran for um, the Eagles' lone touchdown. He did it again last week. He's got five rushing touchdowns this year, which is second in the league to Kyler Murray, meaning he has wow. more than Lamar Jackson. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. But he almost brought them back. Dude, they only lost to two points against Baltimore. If Jake Elliott doesn't miss a field goal, they upset Baltimore. So my recap of, of Ravens-Eagles is first half was horrible, but Carson put the team on his back again, and he almost pulled off the upset. Um, what did you think about uh, Philly last week? I thought it was a fantastic game. The fact that I never watched it, because, um, <laughs> but no, I, I, it's funny. I saw a stat, and tell me if you agree with this or not. With Philly, the winner of the NFC East division from ESPN and Pro Football Focus, both sitting at six nine and one, and they choosing Philly at six nine and one. And we argued maybe a week or two back that. You said there's no way someone's going to even be seven and nine that won the division. It just shows you right there. I mean, people out there are taking six and nine to win this division. Do you agree with it? If the Eagles get to six wins, I think I would give them an 85% chance to win this division because I do not see Washington getting the six wins. I do not see the Giants getting the six. And I think six is probably about the Cowboys ceiling right now. So if the Eagles go six, nine and one, my boys are six and 10. Guess what? Philadelphia, you're hosting a playoff game. It's probably Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers coming to your backyard. And it's not going to be good. But you know what? That's what the division champion gets. So six, nine and one, Philly, it might get you there. Uh, right now, ten to seven. Danny Dimes. I don't know why I just called him that. Uh, oh, Danny Dimes is <laughs> is about to get the ball. Still ten to seven. But let's hop into uh, the Giants' opponent last week, who was the Washington Football Game, mm-hmm. Washington Football Team. Uh, what are your takeaways from you guys after call? I I sat here last week and I called out the Washington Football Team to keep the Giants winless, and they did not do it. But you actually called the Giants to win the game. What were your takeaways from your boys? I did take the Giants to win the game, I, and they did win the game. And in all reality, they should have lost that game. Uh, the Washington football team should have won that game. The scoop and score was pivotal in that game. Obviously, it was, you know, I think it was 13 to 13 going into, I think there was four or five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Sack fumble from Kyle Allen. Got to protect the ball in that situation, kid. Uh, get scooped, scored. And that was a pivotal moment. And then we also had a missed field goal. So that just shows you right there. That's 10 points uh, unannounced. And when we scored at the end, I don't know if you saw that, but we scored at the end and then we went for two. And I love Ron Rivera's passion and I love his fortitude, but I don't know, man. In that situation, you're, you're, you're one and four. You have a chance in the vision. I understand you're trying to make a statement there. I'm not mad at it because – Everyone's going to be like, oh, you should have never done that. But it does take heart. It takes a lot of uh, balls to do that. But I don't know, man. It's it's. What do you think? I was going to ask you about that. So um, getting getting your takeaway, I'm going to agree with you. I like it just because the fact that, you know, whatever, you guys didn't get it. Okay, you take the L. But guess what, George? It's worth the risk. The juice is worth the squeeze because although it didn't work out, okay, Mm -hmm. if the Giants pull off this victory tonight and the Washington football team beats the Cowboys on Sunday, 
you guys are tied for first. So it's not like he fumbled away the division. And if by chance, Kyle Allen, who should have just ran that ball in, you know, he was kind of pussyfooting around in the backfield yeah. looking for someone to get open. If yeah. he just runs, he runs the damn thing in, and you guys get the victory, then you have sole position in first place if you beat the Cowboys on Sunday. Yeah. So, so I'm not mad at it just because it's not like it was such a pivotal play where it costs you your season. This division is so bad that no matter how many times the Giants, football team, Eagles, or Cowboys shoot themselves in the foot, we still got a chance. And that's True. something uh, I wanted to touch on. I've heard from a few of our friends this week, almost a, a sentiment of pity from them, like, oh, you guys are doing the pod, and that's really cool, but it sucks that you know, you're, you're stuck with this garbage division. I could not disagree more. You and I discussed this I a agree. few days ago. Yeah, if, if, the, if the Eagles were 5-1 and one right now and the rest of the division was trash, that would suck to be like, man, we got three dumpster fires and one really good team was running away with it. But I think it is so entertaining that every time I turn on Skip and Shannon or First Take or Sports Center, NFL Tonight, they're talking about the NFC East. It's I don't know. Hard. It's crazy, yeah. You ever drive by US nineteen and you you know it's a bad car crash and you shouldn't look, but you yeah. still you still do the chicken neck, man. You still look around to see what's going on, and that's what that's the NFC East because we we have to be talked about. You cannot not talk about how bad this division is. So and I this think podcast is a lot like a car accident. You know what I mean? Oh and my the fact god! That our, and, <laughs> and the fact that people are still listening, it's you know. Thank you. Thank you for listening. But but this car has anti-lock brakes, and we got airbags all around, brother. All right? So we're safe. All right? We're going to be all right. We're not going to crash and burn. But I love love that the division is so bad for all four teams. Like I said, if, if it was if it was lopsided and there was one really good team, even if it was the Cowboys, it would suck every week to be like, oh, how about my Cowboys? You know, we're going to – no, no. Everybody has a shot. I I would guess that heading into week 16, week 17, every team in the division is within two games of first place. And that's what makes it fun. Competition is fun. So I I love our division. So I think that that wraps up um, the uh, the Eagles and the Giants last week. We got third and 11. Daniel Jones scrambling for his life, and he throws a wounded duck. So the Eagles are going to get the ball back. They are still up 10 to 7. I don't see a lot. The scoring going on. Game, this game is looking really sloppy at this point. The first half was somewhat entertaining, but this yep. second half isn't looking very good. But no. I will say, man, Philly's defensive line really gets pressures on those third and longs. And anytime that they know that Danny Daniel Jones is throwing <laughs> the ball, they, they watch right here. Third and 11, they're coming in hot for sure. Oh, and oh no, he has pocket presence. Oh, and still gets out of bounds. Got it. So third and eleven. Uh now fourth down. Giants are gonna put the ball. Seven to ten. Eagles. So we're gonna get to your boy. We're gonna, well, we're gonna talk about the Cowboys Cardinals. And I think yeah. the proper waiter news to Car- Cowboys Cardinals is a very special guest, Mr. Petey Kentodiakis. Share your thoughts on the Cowboys Cardinals and just the Cowboys overall. Hello, motherfuckers. Hey, how, how you doing? It's PDK, big time Cowboys fan. Shout out B Wills. Just a tough week, man. Uh, positive notes. I will say, I believe the defense played a little better. Um, and I think a little better. Young DBs are playing their butts off out there, but you know, you can't really produce back there if 
your number one pass rusher. I call him DeMarcus now <laughs> um, because he doesn't deserve the nickname Tank at the moment. We pay him, and he's yet to produce. You know, ski mask. Uh, Alden Smith is doing fine. Everson Griffin, he's doing. Uh, I expected more, to be honest with you. I think the Gerald McCoy gap filling um, capabilities really set us back. But you know, they're playing. We got the Dutchman back. Van Der Esch. Uh, I like our chances versus Washington. They're a train wreck. Sorry, GVR. <laughs> but I told you, my man. The uh, the front seven of Washington, they are who we thought they were. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys. We'll go 24-17 Cowboys. I think uh, we got to give Andy Dalton the benefit of the doubt, guys. You know, uh, he's got a beat-up old line. I'm not. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chalk it up to, you know, not getting the reps in. Um, to get some timing down with the receivers. So uh, we'll give them, you know, we can't freak out just yet about that. I, I would like Mike McCarthy to start calling plays, though. You know. <laughs> Anyways, with the rest of the division, we got Eagles-Giants this week. I hope it ends in the tie, man. You know, <laughs> anyone who knows me knows I despise the Philadelphia Eagles. But if it doesn't end in a tie, obviously I want the Giants to win. Um. Thank y'all. Go Cowboys. And that is Petey Kontodiakis sharing his thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys. Really appreciate you calling in to uh, share your thoughts, Petey. We actually have a few other of our friends uh, going to be on the show tonight, too, to share their thoughts on their team. So I'm really excited to uh, get more and more people incorporated with the show. That's right. We have multiple friends, everybody. I know it's it's real hard to believe, but we do have a few. Um, and thank you, Petey. I will say... I hear the sincerity in your voice, and I know you're a die-hard boys fan, and I'll give you credit for that all day long, regardless of who your team is. Now, as much as I appreciate Petey Kontodiak is calling into the show, let me get on my soapbox real quick and talk about this game, the Cowboys versus the Cardinals, okay? I have Don't some thoughts. Okay. I have some thoughts. Because uh, Petey and his uh, older brother Costa and I, we share a group text, and it is all Dallas Cowboys all the time, man. That's all that we talk about in this group text. And throughout the day on Monday, leading up to this Cowboys-Cardinals debacle, what ended up happening, we had a little back and forth about how we still can't pay Dak Prescott, okay? Because it will ruin the future of the team. Hello? Not sure if you saw the team without Dak Prescott. But the future, there is no tomorrow without Dak Prescott. So as I watched this unfold on Monday night, Andy Dalton looks completely overwhelmed. Ezekiel Elliott developed a fumbling problem, which I had no idea existed. All year, Plus, dude. It's been all year he's been doing yes. this. Just give me, I, yes. I just want to make sure. That, yeah, mm. it's not It's not a all of a George, sudden thing. No, no okay. thank you so much for saying that. You, you are leading right into my point because at halftime – when we were down 21 to nothing, okay, I shot a little text into the group text. And it simply said, offense looks pathetic. Dak's value is showing. Because I think Dak Prescott made money by not playing Monday night, literally. But the Contodiakis boys, they doubled down. They're what, there's a group of people in this country, okay? Not very smart. They're called anti-vaxxers. You've probably heard of these anti-vaxxers, okay? 
Coast and Petey, who are smart, and I love you guys, and I love our group text. Don't take it the wrong way. But they're what I call anti-Daxers. They, th- these anti-Daxers, they double down and go, oh, you can't blame the red rifle. Zeke is, Zeke is fumbling in the offensive line is shambles. Hello? Zeke has been fumbling all year, and the offensive line has been garbage since week one. But guess what? We were down 21 to Atlanta. We were down 21 to Cleveland. But you and I both, I guarantee watching those games, when Dak Prescott was in the game, was like, hey, the Cowboys are still going to be in this game in the fourth quarter. We knew, You know Dak's going to bring them back. When the Oh, my God. Daniel Jones, he's streaking down the, Daniel to the 30. Oh, he falls. Daniel Jones could have had a 70-yard touchdown run. And he trips at the seven-yard line. Oh, my God, Daniel Jones. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, Daniel Jones would have been a 60-yard run. They run the option. The Oh, my God, the C's part as if Noah was there. And he goes straight up the gut. Nobody is there. And he, uh, oh, my God, and he falls down at the 10. But anyways, the Giants got first in 10 on the Eagles' 10-yard line. They are in the red zone. So it looks like the Giants are in position to uh, take the lead or at the very least tie this ballgame. Who do you think is going to score here, B? You like Evan here? You like Tate here? You like... I'm going to say your boy Darius Slayton scores here. Yeah, okay. All right. But until back, they score, let, let, the, me, let me get back, back to the, the, anti, okay. the anti-Daxers. Yes, let me get back to my vent here. When Kyler Murray hit Christian Kirk, I'm sure the play you know I'm talking about, for an 80-yard bomb. God, Kyler Murray has such a beautiful arm. And the Cowboys went down 21 to nothing. Everybody in America watching that game, Cowboys fans or not, knew that game was over. And if Dak Prescott was in that game, nobody would have thought that. You'd be like, ah, oh, Dak's going to bring him back in the second half. Despite Zeke fumbling, despite the defense being complete hot garbage. Um, Sterling Shepard down to the two-yard line. And I'm not going to put it all on the red rifle, man. It's not his fault. Uh, there, there was a out of sync for sure with the wide receiving core. Zeke, get your shit together, brother. Like ever since you got paid, I don't know what happened to you. That trip to Cabo San Lucas last summer really did a number on you, Bubba. And the offensive line. We're down to our fourth left tackle now. I'm praying that uh, Cam Irving uh, is going to come back from injury this week. So we might have somewhat of a capable tackle. But the game was disgusting, man. I'm I'm coming after everybody. The only one who is safe is Dak Prescott. There is rumblings now uh, that multiple players are saying the coaching staff is not preparing the players. They don't know what they're doing. And I, I saw don't, that. I, I saw that. I'm, They've been talking to reporters about that. Yeah. What, what do you think, man? Because I don't know. Is that players making excuses because they're playing like trash? Or do you think there is maybe some merit behind that statement? And Mike McCarthy really isn't over his head. Now, honestly, I think it's funny, uh, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about this game at a later point, but I think that they're in a similar situation like Ron Rivera is. Like, I think McCarthy, nobody, a lot, I would say, doesn't happen often where a new coach comes in and everyone just loves the guy. Right. Um, and I, I think you're going to definitely piss some people off because you're going to start playing your guys. And maybe not only that, but, you know, play calling is different. It's uh, people are learning things that maybe don't make sense or, or maybe, you know, they, they think it's kind of stupid what they're doing in practice or whatever that may be. Players might not be happy. Maybe he's not a player's guy. Uh, there's always some of that, but I, I really do. Like players you know, will, will speak out when that happens. 
I don't know what it is, man. I, obviously, so far, I mean, the Cowboys are two and four. I'm not a fan of Mike McCarthy. New coaching staff, um, new defensive system. COVID continuity is not there. We didn't have a preseason. So I get a little bit of the hiccups. But, man, I'm putting a lot of it on the coaching staff. The defense, I excoriated them last week uh, enough after the Browns game. I'm not going to get into that. They looked like trash. The Leighton Van Der Esch came back and was a complete non-factor. Every time I see number 28, Daryl Worthy, he's chasing somebody who is in a full sprint with the football. Yeah. Not quite sure why that guy has a job in the NFL right now. And Wayne Gallman with the dive over the top. The New York football giants are now winning 14-10 to 10 over the Philadelphia Eagles. We got six minutes left in the third quarter to update you guys on that game. But the Cowboys are a mess, bro. Nothing is going right. The only thing that went right now has a shattered right ankle. I don't know what to do with Zeke. Tony Pollard looks like the best running back on the team. Yeah. Um, the receivers look good. Um, I thought I heard a great point on the herd with Colin Cowherd this week. He said, trade Michael Gallup. And at first, I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? But he had a point. Amari Cooper just got signed to a five-year, $100 million deal. He ain't going nowhere. We just drafted C.D. Lamb, so we control his rights for the next five years. Michael Gallup's a free agent at the end of next year. We're not going to be able to pay him. So Colin was saying trade Michael Gallup to a team like Baltimore or Chicago who needs a receiver and get some help on your interior defensive line or get some draft picks. And maybe that was the thought going into it, though, when you think about it. I mean, they stack receivers. you got to get rid yeah. of one of them. Get an offensive lineman. Get someone that's honestly. I think if you guys would be in contention, if you before the trade deadline happens, pick up an offensive lineman. Get a right. get rid of Gap. You know, get some somebody to cover Dalton's blind side. Whatever that may be, you're you you're missing both your tackles, right? Yes, it's dude. It's such a weird thing because I feel like the Dallas Cowboys are rebuilding and they just don't even know it yet. But at the same time, as we sit here right now on October 22nd, they are in sole possession of first place. So I understand maybe not being willing, like, no, no, let's let's hold Pat. We're still in first place. We control our destiny. We can still host a playoff game. Although we're going to get our doors blown off by whoever played in the first round. It's not man overboard yet. But that's pretty much it for, for the Cowboys. Co- coaching staff, players ownership especially that's that's the real problem the shit runs downhill and jerry and steven jones you guys you guys are a cancer to that organization but you're not going anywhere so i'm not going to sit here and complain about you because i'm just going to get blue in the face and real quick on that game in particular you made a point to say Kenyon drake is no longer uh, a great fantasy option i don't know if you recall that but you basically say Kenyon drake was going to get shut down and he was a backup to what was the starter's name you you, you recall Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds was a starter. He went 20 carries, 164 yards. Having said, he played the Dallas Cowboys defense. But at the same time, he did do his thing. His mom actually gave him some encouragement before the game. And he said that that did a lot for him. So I appreciate anyone. Props to my mom, Rosemary. Shout out to I Rosemary. don't appreciate moments like this. You love doing that to me. Because I'm right on 85% of the things I say, but you just savor that like, oh, oh I remember Brian said Kenyon Drake was good. Yeah, okay, I was wrong. Okay? But you, you were so wrong. Like, so wrong. That's what makes it fun. Just like Andy Dalton last week, you went off on this tangent about how great he was their first four years and this and that, and I called you out and you didn't like it. Well, guess what? I'm calling you out again because I'm right again. 
I'm going to change the subject. Daniel Jones just ran 21.23 miles per hour, the fastest time recorded by a quarterback this year. That means Daniel Jones has ran faster than Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. Impressive. Wow. They had to change his nickname to to something else, I guess. I don't know. It's not Danny Dimes like like Danny Glides. I don't know. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. that was impressive. But I the Eagles got Eagles got the ball. They're down 14 to 10 now. But let's dive into what do I believe you? You and I we talked about. We've been buds for 15 years, bro. But I really do not think that you and I would have nearly as close of a relationship as we have. One of my best friends on this planet Earth, buddy. I love you. If it wasn't for the Washington football franchise and the Dallas Cowboys who play each other this Sunday at one o'clock. What do you think, man? I'm going to let you have the stage first on our first of two big games this year. You sure you want me to go first? I would. It would be my pleasure. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, I think it's good. I mean, it's always a tough matchup, as you know, B. You know, uh, last year, obviously the last game of the season, I think it was 47 to 16 of, or something crazy like that. You guys totally blew us out, but we didn't want to, yeah, we didn't want to be there. We usually do split the series for the most part. Definitely swept us last year. Um, I don't know. Did you ever get the stat on the total wins loss record? Between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins. Oh, well, I asked asked him this two hours ago, but still doesn't have it. Got it. Why don't don't you start breaking down the game and I'll come back here in a minute? Okay. All right. All right. So, what I think is going to happen is I think the Washington football team and Kyle Allen will try to slow the ball down a little bit and eat up the clock because. You know, if Brian thinks Kenyon Drake's a scrub and he puts up a buck 64 on the boys, I'm hoping Antonio Gibson can at least get a hundred to 150 yards and a touchdown or two during that game. If we can manage the clock, and I think Kyle Allen is that type of quarterback that will, I believe we can dictate the first and second half in this game. And I think we can come out with a W. I really do. And I, as you know, very depressed last week. But the Dallas Cowboys do not scare me with Andy Dalton getting rushed by our front seven. He was shaky looking last week. He didn't have as much pressure he's going to have this week. What makes you think he's going to put up more than 10 points? I just really, I don't see it happening. If they give up a turn, if you know, if Kyle Allen drops back and you know starts fumbling and he throws a pick, we're in trouble. But if we play this game smart, we sincerely have a chance. And what I what I find funny about this game to be, and you might even find this funny, we're dealing with the stepdads and stepsons of both our franchises. We have McCarthy, oh, wow. Rivera, both new to the game. We're not sure how we feel about the guy, you know. Hook uh-uh. me up with the, you know, hook me up with an electric you know, car, whatever, you know, but I don't know what if I like them. So, and then we got Kyle Allen and, and Andy Dalton. We don't really know what to do with these guys. We're, you know, so it's just a very interesting dynamic. I don't think it's, we've ever been in a situation where we, we have both had no, new coaches and new quarterbacks. So I find it interesting. You want to elaborate on that? Well, first I want to answer your question because it brings a smile to my face to, <laughs> uh, to, uh, to let you and all of the listeners know that the all time series between the Washington football franchise and the Dallas Cowboys has the Cowboys at a 73 45 and two advantage. I would call that uh dominance, my friend. I wouldn't say dominance, but okay. All right. 
Um, but I will give you one, and they've only played twice in the postseason, and the and the uh, Redskins won both of those matchups. So when the chips are stacked tallest, the Redskins have came through in the clutch. But let's look to the future and not talk about the past. I do not feel confident about this game at all, man. I think this is a horrible matchup for my Dallas Cowboys. Like I said, I'm praying that Cam Irving comes back so we have a left tackle who is below average. And that's as good as we can do right now is below average because the rest of the offensive line is complete garbage. Four of the five players are going to be backups. Uh, Zach Martin still in concussion protocol. Obviously, Travis Frederick retired. Tyron Smith is out. Uh, Lyle Collins is out. Connor Williams is not good, but he's going to play. The front seven of the Washington football team is going to completely dominate this game. And I don't even have faith in Ezekiel Elliott anymore, which is so sad, dude. Like, Zeke, you what have, what have you done? What have you done, Ezekiel Elliott? You, you don't look good even when you don't fumble the ball. There's no more burst. You get what's blocked for. If it's blocked for four, you get four yards. Like, Zeke used to be the guy, if it was blocked for two, you get six. Yeah, not- but you got to remember that he does not have the same offensive line. And I get it. The, it comes with confidence, though. Like, if you have an offensive line opening these holes, when they're not open, at least he's confident to hit the hole. And I don't know if he's confident to hit that hole as much as he did in years prior. Sorry to cut I you would, off. But, I yeah. wish he was just confident to put two hands on the goddamn football and not fumble it, dude. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on, Ezekiel Elliott? I don't know, man. Uh, Andy Dalton looked like, like I said, com- complete trash. I'm sure another week of practice will help. Um, and I know your boy Kendall Fuller, he leads the NFL in interceptions, correct? Yeah. yeah. And he's and he's missed he's, some time. He's only played four games. He missed the first two weeks. Damn. So, like, I know Kendall Fuller. You know, for once, I'm not going to hate on Amari Cooper. I think, <laughs> Coop, I think that you're going <laughs> to – I hope you're not matched up with Kendall Fuller. Uh, Amari Cooper had a garbage time touchdown last week. And although Kendall Fuller is a top-tier corner in this league, I think an advantage that we definitely do have is you guys don't have the personnel to guard all three wide receivers. Kendall yeah. can match up with one. I, know, I mean, I know your boy Jimmy Moreland is serviceable. Ronald Darby's not a bad cornerback, but we definitely Maybe have. Monroe's not bad in the slot. I mean, they're, they're not bad in the back end. I just think, honestly, I think your boy Schultz is going to get some love. My boy? No, that's your boy. Also, you're, <laughs> I'm pretty sure your stepbrother. <laughs> so he's going to get a lot of love. Uh, um, as I spoke about last week, I don't believe in Landon Collins. He's yet to earn a paycheck from in in, in my eyes. Um, so it's it's interesting to see Evan Ingram kind of have a down year and then all of a sudden blow up against Landon Collins. So well, let's flip it over um, to two weak points of our team because I think um, my offense versus your defense is strength versus strength. Let's flip it over to the worst defense in the history of the NFL. Um, that's a you, Mike Nolan, and your Dallas Cowboys versus the Washington football team. How do you think Kyle Allen and the offense stacks up against that paper-thin defense that we uh, provide here in Dallas? I just don't know what to say. I'm trying to find highlights on, on Dallas to where I'm like, okay, Kyle Allen's going to struggle against this guy or or that guy, and you know maybe he gets some pressure from from Alden Smith and – it's just hard for me. I think we're going to have to beat ourselves to lose this game. I, I think it to be a low scoring game. Um, I, I could easily see kind of like the giants game, you know, uh, 19 to 20, 23, 20, something like that. 
But, uh, you know, Kyle Allen will get his. He'll, he'll throw up 200 yards throwing. You know, I, I think if Antonio Gibson does his thing, that's our only chance of winning this game is if we can control the clock and our, you know, our, our tackles don't give up, you know, any, any free backers coming through. So, you know, Kyle Allen has a chance to turn the ball over. For sure. Um, as far as, as the Cowboys defense, as pathetic as the Redskins offense is, I mean, do I think you guys can, I mean, scary Terry, he's been, uh, we were tooting his horn pretty loud the first few weeks of the season. I even uh, said he was a top 10 receiver. I'm probably going to walk that back a little bit right now, but if you had a quarterback, I mean, sure. This week, this week, Terry McLaurin is the best receiver in the NFL. (laughs) Like, I don't know if Daryl Worley, Jordan Lewis, um, or Trayvon Diggs, that human piece to burnt toast, is going to be guarding Terry McLaurin. But why did I, Petey say something about the DBs of Dallas? Where was that coming from? What has he been watching? <laughs> I think, I think Petey's point was that it's easy to roast our DBs, but the fact that the front seven isn't getting any pressure. These below average defensive mm-hmm. backs are having to hold coverage for six, seven, eight seconds. And that's when you really expose. Like if we had a top flight pass rush, Alden Smith is still playing pretty good. He's definitely cooled off. But if Everson Griffin and Don Terry Poe and a few of these boys up front were actually getting pressure on the quarterback, it would help the secondary out a lot. How much did and- you pay Don Terry Poe? Don Terry Poe was a veteran minimum. Okay, I mean, one year, maybe okay. seven, eight mil. Crash, Same thing with cut that guy. I mean, I think, and Petey called it out um, that losing Gerald McCoy in training camp that was a huge loss. Gerald McCoy plugs the gaps, man, and that would have been you know a huge addition to our defense. So we need all the help that we can get up front. Kyle Allen has been pretty good, I would say. He's not making any huge flashy plays over the top, but other than the fumble last week. Um, which cost you guys the game. So that was a big that was a big turnover. He hasn't played bad. So I think Kyle Allen will hang in the game. The winner of this game probably probably first to twenty wins. Um, Antonio Gibson, we're okay against the run. We haven't really had any uh, you know plays. I, w- I would say that make me feel confident that Antonio Gibson isn't going to have a great game. Travis Fulgham down the sideline. Back to the Eagles Giants game. Yo, you know, yo, Fulgham, I saw, is the first Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver since Terrell Owens to catch a touchdown pass in his first three games in an Eagles uniform. Really? Yeah, man. That's, that's impressive. Surprising c- considering how many receivers have gone through there this last few years. Well, yeah. But huh. Fulgham has, Fulgham now has the Eagles on the 10 yard line. We got first and goal for Philadelphia who are now in position to uh, retake the lead in this game. We got one minute left in the fourth quarter. And Boston Scott is going to get the handoff here because Miles Sanders, a surprise, surprise, a Philadelphia Eagle who is injured. Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz got hurt last week, man. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't feel bad for Philly because I despise them. But, man, they got some cluster injuries all over the field. Yeah. But back to the... Giants, excuse me, the uh, the uh, Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. The defense honestly played okay the first quarter of the Cardinals game until it got out of hand, and I feel like they kind of just gave up. And I think that's a lot of where this um, unnamed player or players on the Cowboys are starting to talk shit about the coaching staff. Oh, yeah. Is that once once we know that we're losing, 
there is quit. And that's what I see, especially uh, on the defense. There is, yeah. there is quit in this team. And that, I think, is a direct correlation to the coaching staff. There is no dog. There is no fight. There is fight in number four, Dak Prescott. That kid, no matter what, is going to fight for a victory. But especially this defense, there is no fight. And as soon as we know that we're done, we tuck our tails and we pack it in. So, but this game, there's there, there's no way that you guys are going to blow us out just because you don't have the personnel to to have an explosive offense. So, because because it's going to be a competitive game, because it's Redskins Cowboys for God's sake, I think the Cowboys are going to not. I don't want to say we're going to show up. I have no confidence in that. But we're going to put our best foot forward. I say <laughs> with with not much gusto, and the Cowboys are going to pull off an ugly twenty three to twenty victory. I think Zeke is going to get back on track a little bit, at least not fumble the ball, maybe have 100 total yards. I was calling for like 175 against the Cardinals. That was ignorant. So I'm going to say he gets on track for 100. One of the wide receivers, I'm going to say, one of them will have a good game. Gallup, CD, or Coop, one of them has a good game. Your brother Dalton Schultz um, has you know six catches for 75 yards. And we just make enough plays. And I think not because the defense is going to cause it, like just by happenstance, we get a turnover, kind of like um, when uh, I believe the Giants linebacker was Fackrell, made uh, Kyle Allen fumble, and Tate Crowder takes it for six, which cost you guys the game. Something like that will happen. The Redskins will shoot themselves in the foot. So I got the Cowboys winning an ugly one, 23-20. to 20. What do you think is the final score? I, I, would, I, would, I would mimic that. I actually think whoever wins this turnover battle, which in most cases in football games wins the game, but especially in this game, whoever wins the turnover battle will win this game. And I believe it to be 23-20 as well, but towards the Washington football team. Okay. Well, you know that uh, we, were, we were praising Ludlow last week because he was uh, 3-0. He was feeling hot, 10-5 and overall, which was pretty damn good. But Ludlow came crashing back down to earth. And we love you, Luds. Still sitting at 10 and 8. That's a winning record overall. Now, Luds had some obligations tonight, but he was able to call in and give us his picks. Only two games. He picked the game that we're watching right now, the Eagles and Giants. And obviously, he picked the uh, JV football team and the Dallas Cowboys. So, Luds, here you go. What are you feeling this week? Week 7 of the East Feast, a.k.a. East Least. Uh, arguably, you know, the worst division in football right now. But I got two picks, two games for you this week. Uh, I do apologize. I went over last week. Uh, doesn't happen very often. I did pick two of the three winners, just didn't get the spreads covered. But uh, two games I want to talk about for uh, this week. We got tonight's game, the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are minus four and a half. So, Eagles are down two weapons, Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz. Carson Wentz is literally the only piece the Eagles have on offense, (laughs) and I still think it's enough to get the win against the G-Men. It could be a field goal that decides this game, but Eagles at home, I'm taking Eagles minus four and a half. Total score, Eagles 26, New York Giants 17. Second game, the big time, the prime time game. Dallas at Washington. Dallas is favored minus one. This game is a nightmare scenario for Dallas. Uh I've heard rumblings and some turmoil this week. Unhappy players with Mike McCarthy's regime. He's only in week six of his tenure and not looking good for him. 
Chase Young's getting healthier. Montez Sweat's coming off, is coming on, I'm sorry. Jonathan Allen's playing well. I think Andy Dalton might still be better than Kyle Allen. <laughs> and he definitely has more weapons, but I'm taking Washington plus one. Whoa. Dallas's defense could be the worst in NFL history. <laughs> that total score, Washington 26-23. Hope you guys take my picks. Hopefully I'll redeem myself this week. Have a good one, fellas. Talk to you next week. Thank you, Luds. I love having that kid as a part of the show. But to recap, um, Luds is swallowing the four and a half with Philly tonight, uh, which right now he really needs them to score. It's actually fourth and goal. So the Eagles, ooh, what are you going to do, Doug Peterson? Very interesting right now. We're in the fourth quarter. We got a fourth and goal for the Eagles. He likes they, going for it on fourth down. He though. does. Oh, Doug, Doug's a risky biscuit. Yeah, they're going for it, dude. They're going for it on fourth down. But Luds was swallowing the four and a half points, taking Eagles minus four and a half. And he took the Washington football team to beat my Dallas Cowboys. Um, the line actually, it flipped like, I don't know if you saw, it flipped like three times today. Cowboys were minus one. Uh, then Redskins were minus one. Then it was a pick em. So the last thing I saw was, and Lane Johnson is hurt for the Eagles. God damn, they cannot get a yeah. catch and break. Oh, dude, they turned the ball over yeah. on downs. Yeah, it was fourth. It was fourth and goal, and they went for it. He threw a jump ball and wasn't even close. Wow, the Eagles just turned the ball over on downs. So now the New York Giants are that's backed up. Don't, that's just not smart in that position. What's the score like, right now? 14 to 10. The Giants are winning. Yeah, so so you think that. Doug you think Doug Peterson should have kicked the field goal to make yeah, it a one-point game? Make it a one-point game just because you can score the field goal and win the game. Now you can't score the field goal, and now you're in a position where you got to score a touchdown. I mean, I know there's 14 minutes left, but that might come back to hurt him. So, All right, well, Luds, um, Lud picked the Redskins to upset the Cowboys, although it's a one-point spread, but he's got Washington plus one. He's got the Eagles minus four and a half tonight. Now, we wanted to um, end tonight – Doing something a little different. This whole episode has been a little different. I actually really like uh, what we got going here. And step outside of the NFC East for once because the game of the week this week is the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers and the undefeated Tennessee Titans, who are both 5-0. and And I saw this is only the eighth time in the history of the NFL that we are getting two teams Five and zero or greater matching up. And first off, five and zero. Think of that. The NFC East division has won total of five games. Both yes, of these, these teams have won just as much as of an entire fucking division. <laughs> I said it. All right. I was going to hold off and saying it, but I cussed. Was that yeah, the first F word? I think that would have been the first F word. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 brutal. Anyway, sorry. And the reason that we're going to highlight this game, not only just because these two teams are 5-0 and and it's a juggernaut of an NFL football game, is two of our very good friends, some would say best friends, are fans of these teams. Some would say uh, that, yeah. Chris Hamilton, CT, and Aaron Nardelli. And we both had them uh, do some contributions tonight, as PD did. So I'm going to start. Let's start with CT. He's going to give you um, a few minutes on uh, his Titans, and then we'll throw it over to Delhi. Just a, just a quick breakdown on, on how they feel their teams are going to stack up in this this epic matchup, man. I can't. I'm, I'm looking forward more to this game than any of the NFC East oh, games this sure. week, for sure. So, CT, how you feeling against your Titans? Yo, what's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me on. Wanted me to talk about the game of the week: five and zero Pittsburgh Steelers at the five and zero Tennessee Titans. 
It's definitely going to be a slugfest on Sunday. But I'm excited for my boys. We're going to establish that run game with King Henry. We're going to line up in 13 personnel, uh, run that ball down the throat, and as uh, soon as that defense commits to the run, bang action, play action, pop passes, get the tight ends involved early, maybe see some 22 personnel, throw a fullback on the field, keep running the ball, keep the defense on its toes, but definitely, definitely feed the ball to King Henry. Now, I know Pittsburgh's defense is on fire, but they've also played some questionable offenses. I am aware of Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick, but when we line up in that base personnel with three tight ends, I look to expose the guy who is filling in for Devin Bush and Vince Williams and those linebackers who are mainly there to cover the running backs, stop the run defensively, We've played some mobile quarterbacks, some guys who can kind of get out of the pocket. But this week, I don't think Ben is as mobile as he used to be. So when we get those third down situations, we're going to bring the heat. We're going to send five. We're going to send six. Look for my guy, Big Jeffrey Simmons, to have a big game, collapsing the pocket, making Ben pull that football down, maybe check it down or force some air and throws. Let's go, baby. Tighten up. Be good to yourselves. CT with a tighten up as he always does, breaking down the game, giving us a, a little bit of a personnel talk, making everybody a little smarter. So that's CT's NFL sandwich this week. Hey, How's our buddy? I, I gotta, I gotta say something, bro. My man is reading that scripture, bro. This guy sounded nice on that, on that. I gotta, I gotta give CT some credit. Bang, bang, Titan gang is all I gotta say on that one. He got me pumped. He got me pumped for that game before. Like I was like, all right, be excited, but no, he he got me. Dude, when, when CT talks about football, I try to do my best and shut my mouth and just learn a little bit because that man knows the X's knows as good as anyone I've ever, you know, shaken hands with in this life. So thank you, CT, so much for your contribution. Good luck to your Titans. But let's not forget about our boy Delhi and his Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I've been Deli- down. I've been down the Steelers for a while now. So hopefully, uh, let's well, see. Well, I know Delhi hasn't been down them. Delhi, how are you feeling about the Steelers this week? All right, this week we got the Titans. It's going to be a really tough matchup. You know, the fact that we do not have Devin Bush. So hopefully they can do some kind of sub-package defense which takes a lot of pressure off all the other linebackers. You know, they got Fitzpatrick and Hilton in the backfield. Hopefully they can shut down the backfield and uh, contain Tannehill. Somehow, some way, we can hold Henry to 80 yards rushing for the game. And then, which is going to be really, really hard. And then we need Ben to throw about, you know, 25 to 30 attempts. Usually when we have Ben throw about 25 to 30 attempts, then we do pretty well. So I'm, so I'm guessing they come out of the dogfight, 23 to 20 victory. And there is Delhi. Well, thank you, Delhi, for that. And I, I agree with them. I like the Steelers this week. I do. Well, I'm against you, brother, so why don't you have fun with your born-again daily partner in Steelers Town. I'm tightening up. Boy, I wish you sizzle. Tighten up. But, no, very close game. I think 23-20 to 20, um, might be a great score. I'll go 26-24 to 24 Titans. I think these are two of the very best teams in the league. Could be a preview of the AFC Championship. No disrespect to the Chiefs or the Ravens. I just like the way these guys ball. More than anything, I really like the coaches. Mike Vrabel and Mike Tomlin. These are players, coaches. What I would give 
to have Mike Vrabel or Mike Tomlin be the coach. I have a Mike as well as the coach of my football team, but apparently his own players who are garbage do not even respect him. But let's not dip back into the Dallas Cowboys. I think that they're going to change my mood, beat your Washington football team, as I uh, showed you before, as we traditionally do, and have some fun. So let's uh, dive back into the Thursday night football game. We're winding down here. We got seven minutes left. The Giants have the ball with the lead in the fourth quarter. And George, as I said earlier, you should be a Giants fan right now because if the Giants pull off this victory and you guys pull off the victory on Sunday, you're tied for first in the division, which is so crazy. But as I said before, it makes this so fun. Oh, the, the, Giants, Giants, are the Giants are winning this game, man. The Giants are going to win this game. We got third and down. Daniel Jones throws. And we got, I believe, a first and goal now to Sterling Shepard. Um, Shepard was on IR with a toe injury. This is his first game back in a month. So I know I'm sure Daniel is uh, very happy to have Sterling Shepard back in the fold. It might be the first time all year that uh, the Giants have had Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Darius Slayton on the field at the same time. As I said, week one, they got three B-plus receivers, man. You know, great possession guys with with Shepard, with um, your boy – uh, Slayton, Slayton, and Golden Tate. Yeah, you're right. Also, all right, all not- okay, here we go. First down. All right, and the Giants are on about probably the four yard line now. We got the referees discussing something. It's first down. It's first down there. So it's going to be a first and goal. Dude, if the Giants score right here, they'll be up. 21 to 10. So it'll be up two possessions with only about five minutes left in the game. There we go. First and goal. So as it stands right now, man, that's, that's, that's a huge upset, man. If, if the giants win this game, not because the Eagles are that good, but just the fact that dude, think about this last week when we were doing this podcast, I was screaming, and you can go check our Instagram page to look this, about how the Giants were winless and they had to remain winless. Fast forward only seven days. Tie for the Giants. Yes. Yeah. And, that, and, and that is why I had my sentiment earlier. Do not think that the NFC East being so weak is a bad thing for the NFC East Feast podcast. It is a beautiful thing. I want all of these dumpster fires to be clustered together going into week 17. My dream come true, George, would be for us to do the week 17 version of the NFC East Feast, and every single team has a chance to win. I don't know. Like, yeah. No, it, it would be so fun to be like, well, if the Cowboys tie and the Redskins win by three, based on a win loss differential, the Cowboys actually have an advantage. Like, I think it would be so fun to, to, to have complete chaos. It's now third and goal. We had Avante Maddox, a defensive back for the Eagles, just break up a play for Golden Tate. So it's going to be third and goal for the Giants. This is a huge play in this game. If the Giants can convert this touchdown, I'm going to go out on the limb and say it's game over just because I don't think the Eagles have the personnel to score two touchdowns in five minutes. That's how big that field goal and going for a fourth down was for Philly. You don't do that. Mm, Yes. Yeah. Calling out Doug Peterson. Totally switched the momentum of the game there. We got got young Daniel Jones Uh, in the shotgun on third and goal. Drops back, throws a pass, which is caught by Sterling Shepard, who was just activated off IR. Touchdown, Giants, 21 to 10. That's fun. Do I want to be a play by play announcer? 
I'm sorry, bro. I'm done with the podcasting. I, I think I just found my passion. I'm going to be a play-by-play announcer. Damn, 21 to 10 Giants. Obviously, we've been on for now 50-some-odd minutes to be our longest podcast. We appreciate you guys um, hanging in there this long. We won't keep you for the rest of the game, but we'll wrap it up like that. The Giants are up 21-10 to 10 against the Philadelphia Eagles. They're up two scores. By the time you all hear this tomorrow, uh, you'll know the outcome of the game. But like I said, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Giants are going to win this game get their second win and put George's Washington football team in position to tie them for first place, which won't happen because my Dallas Cowboys are going to dominate Washington football as they always do. We love you guys. This episode was really fun for me, George, um, to do a little football companion, do a little something different, but we'll be back with, uh, with that same bat time, same bat channel next week.